Welcome to a very special edition of the Cross Border Interview Podcast. From time to time, the show will be diverting from its show structure to discuss the most important issue of the day, whether it's an election, an award show, breaking news across the world, or an issue of a local scale. We will be bringing guests onto the show to discuss the issues that is on everyone's mind. So here now is the Cross Border Interview Podcast discussing the 2021 Golden Globes. Uh, welcome back to another great episode of the Cross Border Interview Podcast. We are uh, bringing back by popular demand, by popular demand, our unofficial official entertainment correspondent. <laughs> yes, that's right. I am saying that. I am using that. You can't stop me. It's my show, so I'm that good. Entertainment correspondent. Let's see if I can get his name right. For the 15th time, Michael Nichols Pike. Hey, good try. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> I was about to say, I need like a title or something because I keep coming back. <laughs> I'm just saying, this is my first recording session post-surgery, so I have the right to have issues with my... Robin, if you're going to be screaming through this whole thing, it's going to be greatly appreciated that you don't. Okay, come here. Come here. Come on, open up the door. There you go. Yes, this is all good. I was just talking to my dog for anyone who's still listening because now they've probably tuned out. That no, they clicked dog. away. They said, no, thank you. Goodbye. This is a mess. I did not come for amateur hour. I just watched three hours of a bad SNL skit. Yes, I am sorry. Okay, let's dive right into this. So <laughs> 2021 Golden Globes, which was supposed to be in January of 2021, but due to this great thing called the global pandemic has been moved to February 28th, 2021. So about a month and a half after that it was originally supposed to be airing. Uh, one of the reasons, as I said, was the Golden uh, Globes thought the pandemic probably not the right time due to the ongoing movie industry issues that they were having of not being able to put movies in theaters. They would push it back and open up the criteria a little bit larger to allow movies to be put in that were not in theaters, but were actually on streaming services that were in drive-ins. So there's a big long list. I don't need to go into it. If you want to go look at it, Google it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, this year's host Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, backed by popular demand. I'm going to jump right into it, Michael. What were your thoughts about Amy and Tina? Um, did, they <laughs> did they want to be there? Like, it did not seem like it. <laughs> neither of them acted like they wanted to be there. And Tina Fey even more so, because she was in New York. It really just seemed like Tina Fey was like, God, I said yes to this when I was drunk, and now I'm back, and I don't want to do this. I'd rather be home enjoying the comfort of my pajamas because bored both of them were bored and both of the tina and amy do extremely well playing off of each other in the room right i yeah. think it was two years ago when they last hosted the golden globes they played well off of each other they played well in that larger setting uh last year ricky gervais might have caused a few ruffles with the hollywood foreign press association but let's be honest if it was just him doing that ceremony this afternoon uh, tonight, I think it would have gone a little bit better. The two hosts in two different locations just did not go well. Well, the whole thing was a giant SNL skit, and they kept bringing out SNL cast members to do weird, awful, 
bad, drawn out, tasteless, annoying, tiresome bits. Like my Rudolph, love her to pieces. Why did we get that weird moment? And even, and even Amy Poehler seemed very confused about the whole situation that was going on. She didn't know what to do or how to play off of her. Yeah, it was just a mess. And uh, they were just, nobody wanted to be there. No, no celebrities wanted to be there. So all of a sudden we're going to have just SNL's doing nothing. Let's throw them in. Cause why not? Boring. And former SNL with Kirsten Wig showing up late in the ceremony with her new movie coming out. So we got to promote that. So that was a very odd uh, appearance by her. And I don't know who the other woman was that she was with, but like you said, it seems like they heavily relied on their SNL former castmates. (laughs) So she was in Bridesmaids the one with Kristen Wiig. When they were on the plane and Kristen Wiig saw the woman churning butter on the wing, that was the woman that she was talking to is her co-star in this Barbara and Star go on vacation or wherever the hell it is. Okay. But that's where they've worked together before. Well, I, I knew that they were in Bridesmaids. I just, like, it just seemed very, very staged and very, okay, we don't have anyone else who wants to come in, so let's see who we can call. Because as much, let's talk about the presenters right now, because we're not even, we're not even scratching the service on Tina and Amy, but it seemed like they got the B-list actors who wanted to be there. Okay, we can, we can rely on Catherine Zeta-Jones and we can rely on Michael Douglas. Yes, I said it. I'm going to get fan mail. I, I, I apologize for anyone who's upset about that. Angela Bassett is a national treasure, and how dare you call Stella a B-list actress? Tina Turner, a B-list actress. No, what, is T- what has Tina Turner been in in the last five years? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Angela Bassett was in the Tina Turner biopic. Okay. What's but, love got to do with it? Okay. I get it. Okay. One good actress. One good actress out of the list. Cynthia Erivo is a EGT winner. We're still waiting on her Oscar. But she's she's not, A-list. She's not an official. Tracy Jordan. Morgan. <laughs> Try. Tracy. So that one's fair. I'll give you that one. I will give you that one. Tracy Jordan was his character's name in 30 Rock. That's what I'm getting confused by. Because how how bad can you pronounce soul? We found out tonight. Sowl. <laughs> I, Sowl, oof, yikes. It just, oh my God, it was just a mess. You had a couple of like big names there that were just in the area and bored that have a dress. What can we take out from the wardrobe last that we haven't used in uh, a few award seasons, award shows? The thing I I found, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, I will say Jane Fonda looked good. I'm sorry if that's not acceptable, but sorry, she looked good. Good for you. I, I told you that Jane Fonda and Alberta, the province that we are recording this in, do not see eye to eye. We find it very hypocritical of, and that word is going to come up a lot today during the show. So I do apologize to the listeners that if you hear the word hypocritical a lot, it is because I'm, I've got some things to spill some tea on, as they say in the drag queen world. But Jane Fonda and Alberta do not get along. Jane Fonda is a hypocrite when she flies her private jet to good old fashioned Alberta to talk about how our tar sands are so bad for the environment, but yet she can't take a private or a public 
transportation, fly Air Canada or Delta or United to Edmonton and then drive up by a bus. But hey, that's here nor there. Just like Sesame Street, the word of the day is hypocrite. <laughs> yes. Brought to you by the word hypocrite, the letter H. Let's get the count out. How many times are we going to say it today? I think I've said it about 10 times already. Yes. <laughs> but Jane Fonda, I will admit, she, her speech was okay. It was a predictable speech. It was the, hey, I'm the, uh, I'm passing the torch to the new generation. I'm going to point out the movies that I've seen this year that have socially awoken the general public, but I don't think it touched middle America or middle Canada. I think it was aimed at the Hollywood elite, which most of these award shows are about. The Golden Globes is only watched by the Hollywood elite. Who watches the Globes? I'm going to be real. Like... They're not the first award show I would ever consider watching. It's the lowest tier. If you're going to count by like what the awards mean. I mean, that's the show that you see the celebrities get plastered and then get an award and go on stage and just start cursing because, oops, I'm drunk. Like, it's not a high tier award. (laughs) No, and and I'll agree with that. And uh, let's, let's dive into the Golden Globes. Let's dive into the recent controversy surrounding the Hollywood foreign press. Uh, as some of my listeners might know, I think it was either Sun or Friday or Thursday last week, or even, I want to say, possibly even Wednesday, Viola Davis came out strongly, strongly against the Hollywood foreign press. Uh, as a board of 86 members, not one of them is a person of, I don't want to say person of color because there's people of color on that board, but a black person. There's There's not a black person on that board. And uh, I I will admit we are two white guys talking about this right now. So we are not the standard bearer of black issues. So I am going to put that out there right now. But it, it became an issue over the weekend. And today it really hit hard because a lot of people were talking about it on social media. What were your what was your take on it, Michael? Well, I mean, this is a common this is a constant and common critique of all award shows. Every, I mean, the Oscars, same thing. The Emmys, same thing. I mean, you keep seeing it time after time after time. And it just gets to a point where you're like, are these award shows ever just going to fucking get it? Like, for for Christ's sakes, like, you can't sit there and you can't say, oh, my God, I'm an ally. I'm this. And look at where time's up and we're this and this and this. And then after getting the same critique for three years, make the same mistake. After a while you're not listening. You're not being an ally. You're just doing performative wokeness. And I'm over it, especially with the Hollywood foreign press that wants to act like how great and holy they are and how, like how pro ally they are when they constantly have this same issue of only nominating white things or only nominating shows that quite honestly have no business getting nominated like Emily in Paris, like the prom, like Palm Springs. We will be talking about that in a few minutes here, but I, I'll, uh, as as we said, the word of the day is hypocritical, and I'm, this is my first rant of the day, and I apologize for the listeners who are going to have to hear this a few times, but the Hollywood actors and actresses need to get off their high horses. If they do believe that uh, the Hollywood foreign press is not doing their job and they've spoken out the last three years, 
then get off your high horses and actually do something about it. Don't just post, post something on social media, walk away from the awards show. If the award, if, if, if it's that important to a Hollywood person to actually have proper representation on the board after saying it for so many years, why do you continue to go back? Because it's self ego and they want to get the award so they can stand up and they can spew their five minutes or two minutes or however long they have. So they can say, Hey, look at me. I got an award. I'm going to rant off what I need to rant off for one minute because it's a passion issue for mine. Mark Ruffalo being the biggest one that I can think of right now, because he's the top of my list. Literally 12 hours ago, well, probably about 14 hours ago. Sorry about this. I know you're on the show to talk about your issue, about the show, but I, this, this, is, this really bothered me. Mark Ruffalo, about 14 hours ago, earlier Sunday morning, posted something that said, time's up, Globes. It's time's up. We're done. And then yet again, he won tonight, and he freaking accepted the award. If I was Mark Ruffalo, I would have said, nope, not accepting it until this changes. But he didn't, because he likes the awards. I don't disagree with you. I think a lot of these white allies that want to go and say, oh, my God, how can they just keep nominating us? You know, where they need to just not show up. And you yep. did see a couple not show a couple of people just not show up. But like Mark Ruffalo is the biggest performative ally. It's like if yep. you want to be an ally, don't show up like that's what people need to do. And because really, until that happens until the big stars just stop showing up then they really don't have to change anything because you're going to go you're going to accept your award you're going to do it on their airtime there you're going to cater to their thing and it's don't show up don't submit your name they have to submit their names to every single award so maybe don't submit your name or tell your agent not to submit your name because i'm, I'm assuming most of these million dollar actors are not randomly going out there and say i want a golden globe i gotta go put my name out there it's okay my agent told me i'm gonna put my name in because it's a good thing and it looks good it's good on the pr list so i agree yeah. with you no um, if they want to if they really want to enact change they need to take a stand and say we're not submitting anything until the hollywood foreign press has X number, a better diversity or X number of people, um, BIPOC people on the, on the board or something like you have to be like a real ally. And if that means you don't get an award a couple of times and you don't get a movie deal a couple of times, sorry, you, you this is being an ally. This is, if you want to stand there and stand and accomplish ship and be an accomplice to people of color then you need to turn stuff down. You need to not submit your, your name to things and you just need to actually do the work. And, and the reason I bring this up is because it's been so relevant, uh, prevalent in the last few weeks. Uh, I'm not sure if it made news down in the States, but uh, the, uh, the singer songwriter, The Weeknd, who just performed at the uh, uh, NFL halftime show, uh, the I think it was the Grammy Awards just recently came. The nominations just came out and he said, we don't need the Grammys anymore because they're not properly representing the uh, BIPOC people, the black indigenous people of color. So he said, enough's enough. I'm walking away from the Grammys. And you know what? He's probably going to take slack from that, from the music industry. But you got to give him credit because he said it's enough, enough. And there's been a push from other black indigenous people of color to say, okay, we're going to do the same thing. We don't need the Grammys anymore. Like you said, they are becoming white. And let's be honest, the golden globes, as much as it is, as is the Hollywood foreign press, it's the, Hey, 
let's all be, let's all nominate the white people so we can get our photos taken with them as they get their award. Yeah, I mean, the Grammys has always really been, especially recently, the that community has been a large supporter of, fine, we're just walking away. You'll see many times people who are nominated at the Grammys just not there yeah, because of that reason, because they don't view the Grammys as fair. I mean, Beyonce has been nominated pretty much every single album. And regardless of if we like or don't like Beyonce, we can, which because I know you don't like Beyonce. Uh, we can recognize that the fact that she really hasn't won after being such a prominent icon in the music industry is kind of insulting. Like, but I'm, I'm going to challenge you on that a bit. Does it come down to, do you have to win because you're good or do you have to win because you're the best? Because Beyonce, okay, for what for everything I say about Beyonce, which, as you said, I do not like her, she has good music. Is she the best? I would not agree with that. But is she the best in her field when it comes to awards? Or is it because she has a, such a large following, she should automatically win? Now, I don't think she should automatically win. But there are times when, because I like to, I'm very involved in the music scene with what my partner does. Um, we are very involved in the music scene. We listen to a lot of albums. We go to a lot of concerts. And I will say there's some years Beyonce has the best album and she gets passed over. Um, I'm quite honestly shocked Billie, uh, Billie Eilish won for the Grammys because Ariana Grande, as much as I don't necessarily like her, had the better album. And so it's a lot of times with award shows. It's interesting because, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, of when it comes to the winner, does the best person always win? And I'm going to be honest, usually I don't think they do. There's very well, rare cases that I will, like, I think the Academy Awards has a better track record of that, but then it's, you look at their nominations and it's like, you're snubbing a whole large group of people. So is it even really the case out of the people you have? Yes, that is the best to win, but there's definitely like moments where it's well, very it's, confusing. It's, it's not even the best person needs to win. It's the best person gets nominated, right? Because that, and this is, this, this transitions into our next conversation here, but you can have the best performance in the world, but if someone else outshines you by spoiling you, by putting stuff in your basket or calling you up and offering you stuff, which you'll be talking about because I don't know this story quite well. You know it a little bit better. So take me through, and I'm going to say Emily in Paris, was it? Emily in Paris. So they okay. flew a bunch of members of the Hollywood Foreign Press, some of the prominent board members out to Paris, like put them up in a nice hotel, took a nice dinner, did a walk around on set, like pampered them in 2019 when they were filming in hopes of when we go into award season, we'll be considered. And because of this, it led to uh, a lot of great things being snubbed. One of which was I Can Destroy You, which was a powerful story written by a black woman about a black woman's struggle after sexual assault and trauma and like coming forward from that. And it was a really beautiful, powerful, well-written story that didn't get a single nomination or even considered because Emily in Paris, they felt there was some, oh, of like, oh, well, we have to, because, you know, they flew us out and they wined and dined us. And I just don't think that's cute. 
But in this, and we, we, we sort of sparred back and forth on this during the award ceremony because we we're in constant contact over phone. But I said, it's the name of the game, right? As much as, okay, you will say, you'll come back at me and say, yes, the rules have to change. But in the world that we live in, this is the rules that we set up. You can wine and dine. You can spoil the uh, potential people who are voting for this, who are casting their ballots, because that's the rules of the game. There's nothing illegal against it. So sometimes the best person doesn't always win. Nice guys finish last, right? It's that old saying, if you don't play the game, you're not going to get far. Yes, it needs to change, but it's the way the system is set up. And it's gross. And I am not going to lie. I'm not going to say the name just because he's a current union member, but I have a friend in SAG-AFTRA who has, who will sometimes even look at, well, they sent me a really nice care package, so I need to consider them better. And so it's like, dude, no, (laughs) I just, it's, it's problematic. It really comes down to how much money are you spending in order to push your movie or your TV show? And I think this year was quite different, right? Um, Yet again, this could have been happening in 2020, 2019, 2018, whatever, since the dawn of time. But with the pandemic and such small stuff being produced now, there was a chance for all these unknown movies, unknown TV shows to potentially get an award. And let's be honest, you get a nomination, even if you don't win, you get a nomination your stuff is going to be seen a little bit more than if it wasn't right. So uh, I, I forget the name of the uh, the show that wasn't nominated. I may destroy you. I can destroy you. I can destroy you. I've not heard of that. I will. I probably haven't heard of that since I will probably watch it now because you've talked about it. But if we hadn't had this conversation, I wouldn't have gone out to watch it because I try to take time and watch the movies, watch the TV shows that are coming out. But if they're not nominated, I'm not going to. So even if you're nominated, you're going to get the revenue stream that you have from the downloads, from the streaming services, from the watching it on TV. So I can see where you have to do it that way. Right. And in COVID it's a lot more prevalent because the, the studios, quote unquote, are not making their multi-millions of billions of dollars right now. They're only making their multi-million dollars right now. So, Bummer. <laughs> um, and I said the name, it is I May Destroy You, not I Can Destroy You. I, was just, I just had to check that. So it is I May Destroy You. It's a brilliant, brilliant show. I cannot recommend it enough. Okay. I'll certainly, uh, I will certainly... Uh, watch that and hopefully my listeners will too um now let's get to the awards actually the okay i'm gonna say this before we get into this i hated the setup of the awards uh, handing out the awards this year i did not like it i thought it was really bad especially when the first award was handed out and the guy was muted for the first two minutes so they were now, gonna hold on can we talk about how they just got called out for months about golden globes so white and then the first person that wins is a black man first two is a no is a black man who they have muted and then they go oops looks like we don't have time and he was like uh hold the hold the hell on like how are you going to get called out for this for um for months and then that's the that is the first mistake you like yikes yeah I will say the Emmys did a much better job with their ceremony. A hundred percent. 
I, I, you might not agree with me on that people, but I think that the Emmys produced a better show. And as much as I don't like Jimmy Kimmel as a comedian, he's a good host, but I don't like him as a comedian. I just got the eye roll from Michael. So I'm assuming I'm pissing him off a little bit right now. Oh no, no, no. I hate him. I just, I don't like him (laughs) Fallon. I just don't like that whole late night nap time. Stephen Colbert is my, my boy though. My boy. (laughs) Bye Felicia. Okay, but I I did not like this setup. I thought it was very rushed. I felt that it did not have the Golden Globes feel. I know during a pandemic, you're not going to have that. But in your take, how could they have made it better? Could they have gone I mean, to the Emmys format or could they have just gone, you know what? Fuck it all. We're not, pardon my French. We're not going to release any. We're not going to put them up on the screen because it just looked bad. Listen, I know that we're in a pandemic, Lovato, but you couldn't actually hand out the awards. The Emmys traveled all over God's green earth to hand out the awards. You couldn't have at least even done that. Like, come on. Not cute. Yeah. So before we jump into the awards, actually, I, I'm going to give you your five minutes of rant here because I, I know if I don't bring it up, you're going to you're going to yell at me afterwards. How did you like the dresses? It's just... (sighs) Were there any that stood out to you? I did like Cynthia Erivo's beautiful, like, lime green Valentino. Um, I will say a lot of it was super safe. Uh, The the woman who won for her movie... uh, God, she had the red... Like, it looks like a bottom of her dress was just on her chest, and that was the dress... Um, it's that new movie that just came out on Netflix. Um, she plays the woman who is like scamming old people. I care a lot. Rosette, I, Rosa I, I care about you. Or, yes. I care like, a lot. Yeah. That was offensive to me. Like there was just a lot of very like boring, safe, unneeded outfits. And uh, like other than that, like gr- lime green, like Cynthia Erivo Valentino moment nothing really was memorable. Uh, Angela Bassett's was cute, the purple one, but mm, I, I don't know. I'm just, I am so ready for the, um, red the, to start back yeah, up. I'm so ready for the pentatonics to end so that we can get our red carpet back because it's just leading to really just disappointing fashions. And I love me the fashions. Yeah. And we have two months. I do not expect the red carpet to be back before the Oscars. So it could. Oh, they're trying to make it happen. They said they refuse to do it normally. They are refused to go and do this. They want to do it as the glitz and glamour of the awards show of the Oscars because the Academy Awards are like the pinnacle of awards. I know. Like, good okay. luck with that. Yeah. We're okay. in a parallelogram, but like, let's go. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so awards. Any surprises to you? Um, I feel like there was just so many. Oh, oh, oh. I have been following Andre Day's career for years. Since Rise I, Up came out? Since 20, I, in 2016, I went and saw her perform in a bar in LA and have been obsessed with her ever since she's on the Hamilton mixtape. And I'm not a huge Hamilton fan, but I love her version of burn from that mixtape. I love her albums and I am watching her movie tonight, United States versus Billie holiday, because I just, 
one, it hasn't been out till I think like this weekend. Um, and two, I just, I'm obsessed with her and I love her career, love her as a singer. So the fact that she won when I was fully convinced it was Viola Davis's game, because Ma Rainey's Black Bottom was a masterclass in acting. I'm thrilled, ecstatic, elated, overjoyed, pick a positive emotion. And that's my emotion towards Andra Day winning that award. There were a few shockers to me. The first one, Catherine O'Hara was not a shocker. Winning Best uh, Comedy in a TV Series for Schitt's Creek was not a shock. Uh, She won the Emmy. I was not expecting her to lose the Golden Globe. The one that did shock me was Eugene Levy losing to uh, Ted Lasso. I forget his name right now. Jason Statement or whatever his name is. That one actually did shock me. I thought Eugene Levy because Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy's are staples in the comedian comedy world. And Eugene Levy has not, I don't think he's ever won a Golden Globe. So this would be his first time and probably his last time because he does not do that much TV. So that one did shock me a lot. Yeah, I mean, and it shocked Ted Lasso himself who stuttered his way through five or seven minutes without music and without being cut off while he had no clue what he wanted to say in a sweatshirt because he did not think he was going to win. Yeah. The other one that yet again, I I kept on telling you this during the award ceremony, the foreign press love them. their Royals. You nominate the crown. They will, they will eat that up left, right and center. So tonight the crown won. The actor Josh O'Connor playing Prince Charles won. The actress uh, who plays Diana, Prince of Wales, Emma Corrin won. And my, my, my lady in blue, Maggie Thatcher. Yes, for those gays out there, you can send the mail to crossborderinterviewspodcast.ca or at gmail.ca. I'm a Maggie Thatcher fan. I Ew. think she... I, oh, I'm sorry. I'm a Maggie Thatcher fan. I think she, I think Julian Anderson did an amazing job playing um, uh, Maggie Thatcher. So I'll give you that. She was the best out of the five that were nominated, in my opinion. I mean, the only real thing for the crown that I was disappointed at one was that it beat Lovecraft Country for best, was it drama? Uh, yeah, limited series. Um, no, no, because Queen's Gambit won limited series. Ah, uh, yes, best uh, best drama. It personally, I think it should have gone to Lovecraft Country. I think that the story they crafted was really compelling. I think the acting was compelling. It was a story we've never seen. And like, yes, I get it. The Crown is a fan favorite of the Hollywood foreign press, but like, again, this is a situation of the best thing didn't win, but something good won. And it's just, it's, I don't think the crown should have won this. I think it should have gone to Lovecraft country. That's just me. I will admit that out of the five that were nominated, the crown Lovecraft country, Ozark ratchet and the Mandalorian. It was down to the Lovecraft country and the crown with all the recent controversy around the Mandalorian, we knew that wasn't going to win because of what happened with the actress who shall not be named, who is now working with Ben Shapiro. Go Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Ratchet. <sighs> Ratchet was just bad. I will. I don't know why it was even nominated. I'm just going to put that out there. It was a bad show. Ryan Murphy just, he, he does well with comedies and musicals. He does not do well with horrors. 
you might disagree with American Horror Story. I just don't like him as a horror director and all that crap. One of my very dearest friends in the whole world was in episode six of Ratchet. So I am legally required to say I love Ratchet. It's so wonderful. Watch it. Go watch it now. I go watch it. Go watch episode six because I guarantee. Just go watch episode six. <laughs> I only watched episode one, so I'm uh, I'm a hypocrite. Word of whoa, the day. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, hold up, back up here. You have not watched the episode. Your best friend is. I didn't in. say best friend. I said dear friend. <laughs> now, if he listens to this, he's gonna know. So you better watch it. Oh, he knows. He knows. Every time I do a weekly coffee moment with him. And every single time he goes, you watch Ratchet yet? And I said, did it get better? And he said, it's already the best show on television. And I said, so the answer is no. I did not watch it. (laughs) Got to keep our actor friends humble. And Ozark was good season one. I don't know why it keeps on getting nominated. I think Laura Linney and uh, Jason Bateman are the only reason it keeps on getting nominated, but just was not for me. Uh, Emily Paris, the big ones, you were pissed off. I, I think I can say that lightly that Borat subsequent movie film won. Oh, God damn it. Why? Why? And I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. There wasn't a single comedy choice that I liked. And I, comedy, and, and that's the thing. This was a bad year for comedy movies. Like, and I'm a huge fan of the prom, uh, the stage production. And I have another good friend who was in the movie, um, who Hence, was a pretty is- big part in the movie. That. I, I, I liked the movie. Did I think it was an award-winning movie? No, I think there was a lot of weird choices. There was a lot of bad casting, James Corden. <clears throat> but there, do, do I think it should have been nominated? Absolutely not. For those who are still wondering why I have Michael back on every award ceremony, you've just realized he has friends in the movie industry who have been in Ratchet, and he has a friend in the, a high profile friend who is a very important person in the movie of the prom. So this is why I keep on bringing him back because he knows the movie industry quite well, and I do not. Also, I mean, I'll say this one, I'll say, I mean, my friend Nico, um, he, lives with my friend, my really good friend, Ryan, who I see a bunch of shows with, um, who is uh, an assistant to a comedy agent. He lives with Nico and knew Nico when Nico was on Power Rangers. So Nico got cast in this movie, super wonderful. So happy for him. It's gonna take his career to new places. Who was he he in the show? In prom? Yeah. He was the tall blonde bully. Oh, the 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 girl the with the girlfriend. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. yes love yes. Nico. <laughs> the the one the actual one song in that movie I extremely liked. Love that thy makes, neighbor. Yes, I don't know why, but Andrew Reynolds, I, uh, his his performance in the Golden Globes today did not go over well, in my opinion. Um, but, can we talk about Andrew Reynolds going? Hi, doctor. It's me, Andrew Reynolds, and she was like. <laughs> Okay, like what? Like who? Like obsessed. Okay, I, I think he's a good actor. I think he was good in the new normal. I think he's done well. I think he was probably one of, if not the best part of the prom. If if I'm 
calling it what I am because Nicole Kidman did bad. Meryl Streep was, should never be in a musical ever again after Into the Woods and Mamma Mia. And James so Corden. I had that belief. Uh-oh. I don't, I'm going to be, can I be controversial? Let's do it. Spill the tea, girl. <laughs> I didn't hate Meryl Streep in the prom. I think you could have done it with an actual, like, Broadway person, because, like, seven or eight, <laughs> seven or eight <laughs> voices were mixed together to give her her singing voice. Um, so it's not just her pure singing voice. They mixed other voices in there to, like, make it sound that way. But I didn't hate it. I kind of I kind of lived for Meryl. Now, I will say James Corden, goodbye. And Nicole Kidman, oof, no, bye. But Meryl, ninety percent sure. Ninety, actually, I, I had brain surgery a week and a half ago, and I will put my reputation on the line right now. When I remember us talking about this for the very first time, and you said Meryl Streep, mm, that's a bad casting choice, and you I liked did. her. I will eat my words on this. I will fully <laughs> and emphatically eat my words. Meryl Streep, I didn't hate it. I kind of lived. Low key. Not high key, low key. Okay. Okay. Sorry about it. Yeah, no, I don't know what to say now. Um, best drama. Had you seen any of the movies? Because not going to lie, I've only seen two of them. And that was The Father and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Trial of the mean- Chicago 7. Great yep. movie. Um, what were the other? Because it was Nomadland. Mank. Promising Young Women, The Father, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. So out of that list, I have only seen The Trial of the Chicago 7. And I will say, and this is anything Aaron Sorkin, he is a fantastic writer. And I'm going to leave it at that. What? I don't think, I don't live for him as a director. I think he can write, and the way he writes is so conversational, and it's so smart, and it's so well thought out. I, I... I cannot get over how thoughtful and and thought out and precise his writing is. But when it comes to his directing, eh, I'm not a huge fan. I, I don't think he's terrible by any means. And I think, I think he he'll makes, he'll win his second uh, Oscar for writing. Yeah, for hundred percent, he'll win for writing. Yeah. I don't think anything else from it will win the Oscar. Like just like I didn't think any else from it would win the Golden Globe. I the minute I saw his name for writing, I said that's winning. I will say the winner of it being um, Nomadland not only shocked myself, but the woman who made the film. So <laughs> she was like looking away. She was getting some water and then turned around like, wait, did who, my, what movie? What name? What? Obsessed. You and I talked about this a little bit because uh, the Oscars, the, the nominations are going to be coming out probably in the next two or three weeks. I think uh, the last day of voting was today. So I can. March oh. 10th. Sorry, Mr. Insider of Academy Awards stuff. And You're welcome. <laughs> my, my, uh, my unofficial official entertainment correspondent from LA. Jeez. Okay. Well, March 10th, after March 10th, they will have all the nominations and then we'll be getting the awards. Um, no, nomad, nomad land is this year's parasite parasite last year, um, came out of nowhere. 
It was a South Korean film that came out of nowhere. It won the Golden Globe, and then it was not expected to win the uh, Academy Award for Best Picture, but it ended up doing so, and it ended up winning Best Director as well, which shocked a lot of people because not a lot of people had seen it prior to it actually being released. And just like Nomadland, and I'm going to get to my other one that I talked about in a few minutes, but Nomadland got a big bump in the last few weeks of this not this uh, voting period or however you want to call it. Pre- former President Barack Obama came out and said it was one of the greatest films that he had ever seen and everyone went out and saw it. So the power of politics is still li- alive and well with the foreign press. Now, the other movie I wanted to talk about is, I just want to make sure I get it right here. It's, uh, it is the U.S. Minari. Uh, Minari, thank you, is the U.S.'s submission of foreign uh, foreign language film to the Golden Globes. It is about a Korean family, and I remember the controversy when it was not nominated for Best Picture. There was a lot of people upset about that because they thought it was a much more powerful movie than a few other the few other nominated films. I think that could be one that we need to watch out for the uh, Oscars as well. I know you don't want to talk about the Oscars right now because you have not seen everything, but I'm just saying, I think Nomadland and this Marani or however you pronounce it. Minari. Minari are going to be two that you want to watch out for this uh, award season. And tonight we saw it win. I think you're going to see it win a few Oscars too. Oh, I definitely think it has the potential to win a lot of Oscars. I have not seen it yet. It is on the list. I do try and hold off uh, from really watching a lot of stuff till Oscar nominations come out, just because I one year was like, I'm going to watch everything and watched everything that didn't get nominated and then had to do a ton of watching anyways. So I'm like, there's no point in getting prepared because I'm going to be left in the dirt. So like I, I already know Mank is going to be nominated. Like you're going to see Nomadland. You're going to see Minari. I you're going to really see hope... Tom Hanks get nominated again. What is he in this year? Uh, News from the world. Oh, pass. <laughs> no, I think. I hey, think... if Meryl Streep was in a movie, she'd be freaking getting nominated too. Agreed. Also pass. <laughs> um, I, I really hope we see Defy Blood, Spike Lee's newest film from August, get nominated because it was it was brilliant. I'm not going to lie. Big Spike Lee fan, probably his best film, period, that he's ever done. And it was it was very difficult to find a single fault in Defy Bloods from the acting, the writing, the directing, the casting. Um, and he didn't cast a lot. He cast big names, but he also cast a lot of um, smaller names like Norm Lewis. Uh, I love him. Broadway star doesn't get cast in too many movies, but was cast in this and was like the perfect choice. I mean, Chadwick Boseman also is in this and has the potential to probably get a nomination for supporting actor. I, I think uh, after tonight, uh, Chasman, Chaswick Boseman is the leading candidate for best actor in a motion picture to win the Oscar for, and I forget the name of the movie. Ma Rainey's uh, Black Bottom. That's it. And I think after tonight, his his wife's acceptance speech actually tore me up a little bit because uh, as someone who's just gone through some somewhat similar to that and uh, know what his family has been through, it's hard to uh, imagine life after that. So 
he he is probably going to be winning that and deservedly so. Yo, that movie, like, say what you will about the movie, the the performance that he gave and the performance that Viola Davis gave are transcendent. Like Viola Davis was my peg to win tonight for actress. The fact that it's Andre day, I'm ecstatic and elated, but that still does not change the fact that Viola Davis. And I, I may change my mind because I've not seen the movie and I will be watching it tonight, but Viola Davis gave a masterclass in acting and it most likely will be winning the Oscar and probably should have won the, the golden globe. That's what this one is called. Um, it, it's such a fascinating film and it takes place over the course of one day in like one piece of set. And like, they just act like period. And it's just like, they leave it all on the stage and or in the film. And it's pretty spectacular. I, I, I would highly recommend you recommend, sorry, anyone go see it or find it. I think it's available to stream. If not, it will probably be Netflix. It is available to stream via Netflix. Um, The one last area I want to talk about before uh, I I hand it over to you Um, with everything that's gone on with the golden globes, with everything that's gone over on with the times up globes, 2021, do you see the Golden Globes moving forward or do you think that like every other year prior, they're going to just forget about this and move on? Um, How do you say it so nicely? I really want to be optimistic. I really want to have hope that they're going to actively take a look inward, especially after um, everything that happened this summer with Black Lives Matter and with people becoming very cognizant and very aware of things like this. I don't have much hope. I think they're going to for- let it go and, and hope that people forget about it. And the next year, they'll put a bunch of nominations that are BIPOC people, and then they won't change much. I really don't I, I think that I think the time is now for the change to happen, and the fact that we haven't seen anything move, I, I I'm not as optimistic. I certainly hope and pray that they do actively listen to what people want and actively listen to what people need to have change. Um, and I think one of the biggest indicators is when they look at the ratings for tonight and the ratings are not good is when they'll say, okay, this is clearly affecting our audience. They're clearly, people don't care about the golden globes. They already think it's a joke. And now you're going to, it's the worst of, it's like the lowest of the awards. And it always gives weird things like best song went to the minute I saw that there was a song in a foreign language EOC. I literally turned to my husband and said, that's going to win period. No matter, and even though it was not the best song up there, it's going to win because it's in a foreign language and it's the Hollywood foreign press and they love that kind of stuff. Like, like you was, were saying today, it's all predictable. Yeah. You can predict like, oh, the crown, they love that because it's European. Done. Cut, print, royal family. Well, it's not even everything. that. It's Diana. If it wasn't, if, because last, last year, 
the crown got uh, like stamped out. They did not win one award last year. This year, though, it was a Diana. Di- Prince, Princess Diana still holds weight uh, in Hollywood. For some strange reason, the Hollywood foreign press and the freaking Hollywood elite love Princess Diana and hates Prince Charles. But yet again, they gave them both an award. So, And for someone who hates Maggie Thatcher, they've given it to Meryl Streep and now Gillian Anderson. Come on. You must not really hate Jill, uh, Margaret Thatcher that much. Listen, I love me some Princess Diana, too. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I don't. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I mean, she's she is the ultimate tragic icon for someone like the Hollywood foreign press. Yeah. Okay. I can I can agree with that. Which is why she's pretty infallible to them. True. Um, before we leave here, any parting words for my listeners about the 2021 hot mess of the Saturday Night Live? Golden Globes brought to you by the Hollywood Foreign Press, who are 86 members, who three of them sauntered out, one German, one Turkish, one Indian, and they all said, hey, we're going to do better. Yep. Um, I, w- I would say what to take from this is some great TV shows that did not get a win, um, some great movies that did not get a win and or also nominated. or even nominated. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that didn't get nominated. And definitely, if you're looking, for, especially we're currently in this locked down pandemic, like tragedy that is going on. If you're looking for things to watch, go look and see what got snubbed because it's probably pretty fantastic. Go look and see what people are predicting for the Oscars to watch because it's really good, especially if you like that Oscar Beatty kind of movies. Um, and I definitely cannot recommend Netflix is really changing the game right now with their films, especially their award films. I cannot recommend that enough. Um, I will say just if we can just keep fighting for the Hollywood Foreign Press to do better, keep fighting for these award shows to do better. And I think it's really kind of come down to are we demand the, the public demanding a more diverse and a more um, accurate representation of the media that we're watching and the media that we think is extravagant? Um, we, I think if that's what if that's what we keep demanding. I think that we can enact some real change because they did get caught with their pants down this time. And the last time that happened to the Oscars, the Oscars is really starting to try and make strides to changing. And it's not always accurate and it doesn't always work, but um, like the Oscars latest um, attempt at diversity is you cannot be nominated for any award that the Oscars has unless I think it's like 50% of your cast is considered uh, diverse. So that needs, that can be, members of the LGBTQ plus community that can be um, anyone who is BIPOC, that can be women. I mean, that's going to force a lot of these films. If they want to be considered for an award, they are going to have to have at least half of their cast and crew be diverse. Um, And so I think, I don't know if that's going to work. I don't know if that's going to create a more diverse film industry, but I think the more that we demand companies and organizations and, and, voting boards do that the more we're going to see actual concrete change happen 
And with that, I will leave it there because he just opened up a can of worms that I want to respond to, but I will leave for another episode of the Cross-Border Interview Podcast. For the listeners who are still tuned in, please uh, like and follow Michael on his Instagram page. He uh, is back posting stuff. I would highly recommend going there and following him. I saw that one of my friends actually already did, or one of my listeners already did. So you gained a a follower because of me. So you're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, work. Let's go. Yeah, (laughs) go follow me on Instagram. I'm a lot of fun on Instagram. Yes. And your your handle is? Catch me. It is at Nichols Pate. Um, it, so that's at Mikey Nichols Pate. And then I'm also on Clubhouse. If anyone wants to do some live chatting with me there, um, I'm at Michael.Nichols on Clubhouse. I'm going to plug myself. You're laughing. I'm totally going to plug myself. Why not? Hey, this I is- do, I've done it a few times with all the interviews that I've been getting or all the shows I've been guests on. Yeah, might as well. I'm trying to build a brand. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to laugh whenever I say that. No, it's good. Let's come hang out with me. We'll chat on Clubhouse. We'll post on Instagram. It'll be good fun. So come hang out. Always. Well, for that, uh, this has been the Cross Border Interview Podcast. Talking the Golden Globes 2021 with, I'm going to get his name right here correctly because he just said it three times, (laughs) with Michael. Nichols Pate. Yes! The first time. I've only known you for almost a year, but it's all good. He's the wheeze it has been. June. What a wild time. Snap, snap. All those social media internet shows that we met on. I mean, this whole pandemic or the Panini is just continuing. There you go. Thanks so much for appearing. Absolutely. Had a fun time. It was a blast. Y'all, if you're not following him, go subscribe to this. Like it, comment, tweet it, tweet it. What is the Twitter? What is the twat it? it? (laughs) No, it's fleet. I think that's something else. No, it's fleet. Google that. Interesting. You can go do that. You can fleet a tweet. Go tweet a twat or fleet a tweet or whatever term it is. So with that, thanks for appearing. You're welcome. Thank you once again for listening to the Cross Border Interview Podcast. If you love this episode of the Cross Border Interview Podcast, head over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. All the links to our social media accounts are in the show notes or visit www.crossborderinterviews.ca. The Cross Border Interview Podcast was produced and edited by Miranda Brown and Associates Incorporated. Be sure to tune in for our next episode of the Cross Border Border Interview Podcast. Once again, thank you. Bye-bye.